This is On the Move, a special presentation from ABC News Radio. Here's correspondent Alex Stone. You've probably seen them, or maybe you're one of them. Classic car enthusiasts line up in strip mall parking lots to show off their antique rides, but that might be changing. ABC's Mike Dubusky takes a look at how a new generation of gearheads is remembering the cars of the future. There's a bit of a chill in the air, brown leaves are crunching underfoot, and that means... It's the perfect time of year to drop by your local classic car show. There's a couple things you need to know if you've never been to a small-town car show. First, these aren't the big convention center-filling auto shows that take over Detroit, Geneva, or Tokyo every year. Kristen Lee, deputy editor of automotive news site The Drive, says these shows are the down-home community gatherings where you throw on some tunes and you remember the good old days. The vibe is usually really, really chill. It usually happens pretty early in the morning, on the weekend, people bring their dogs, They get all their cars polished up and they come and they park and they kind of just walk around and admire everybody's ride. This particular show in Queens, New York is your prototypical example. A couple of Mustangs, a bunch of second and third generation Corvettes, a smattering of Chevy Chevelles, older men congregating around open hoods to reminisce as songs from their youth play over the loudspeaker. But if you've been to enough of these shows, you might start to notice something. For me as a kind of a showgoer for so long, it's kind of felt like a gate-kept community. Like, no one obviously has turned me away, but a lot of the shows that I grew up going to was a lot of people my parents' age, you know, bringing supercars. And it was fine as a spectacle, but it never really looked like something I could participate in. And an older audience tends to focus on older cars, too. There's always been this line of delineation at 1973 with the oil crisis. That's Bradley Brownell, a writer at the automotive website Jalopnik. He says 1973 is an important year in car culture because it marks the beginning of what some call the malaise era. New regulations from the federal government designed to crack down on poor fuel economy resulted in a 1970s car market decidedly less powerful than the decade prior, and echoes from that time reverberated for decades. Traditional car enthusiasts will tell you that after 73, everything is garbage. It's terrible. Emissions controls, fuel injection, it's impossible to work on. But Brownell isn't your traditional car enthusiast. He's the co-founder of a car show that caters specifically to vehicles that came after the malaise era. We only allow cars built from 1980 to 1999. The show is called Radwood, and you won't find any Plymouth Barracudas or Chevy Bel Airs here. Instead, chrome fins and white wall tires are supplanted by car phones and pop-up headlights. The swinging sock hop is replaced by pulsating synthesizers. Think less Flash Gordon, more Flash Dance. It was the cars we owned, the cars we could afford, the cars we could work on. For Brownell, it all started with one of his own cars, a 1983 Porsche 944. I loved that car, and I invested so much time and effort and occasionally money into that car. But the energy that went into the little Porsche wasn't always appreciated. I took it to a car show, and when I went to pay the entry, they were like, are you sure you want to come into this car show? You, You know what we're doing here, right? I was like, yeah, it's it's a Porsche. I, I want to be involved. And they're like, okay, well, I guess we'll just park you over under that tree or something like that. Nobody wants to see your garbage car. And that's where the idea for Radwood was born. I kind of had this feeling like there needs to be a place for people like me where 
I have so much emotional investment in this car and I love this car, but it's kind of a misfit. Brownell's vision for the show was to create a space for those misfit cars. And as it turns out, they weren't such misfits after all. The enthusiasm for the 80s and 90s has always existed. There have always been people who loved their Impulse RS or their Mercure XR4Ti or whatever. He says the types of cars you'll see at Radwood vary based on region, but can feature everything from Geo Metro convertibles all the way up to Ferrari 348s and Lamborghini Diablos. That's the crazy thing about Radwood is literally everything from that era is welcome and encouraged and, and appreciated. Brownell says Porsches are often popular, as are BMWs. You know, it conjures feelings of the 80s, it conjures feelings of the yuppie uh, Hollywood crowd. And there's another car you're likely to come across at Radwood. One that has a certain timelessness. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? On average, every show has one. And it's not just the cars that are setting their flux capacitors back a few decades. Here's Lee again. Bradwood kind of embodies, um, like a very powerful, nostalgic vibe. So people play a lot of 80s music, people dress up in 80s attire. And some people really commit to the bit. There was this one guy who uh, got busted at the airport because he had a briefcase full of fake cocaine that he was bringing as a prop. The first Radwood took place in Southern California in 2017, and since then the show has traveled to more than a dozen cities across the country. Brownell says they were almost doing a show a month before the coronavirus pandemic put a damper on that in 2020, but now it's back, holding two shows this November alone. And Brownell says over the years, the show has attracted car enthusiasts from all walks of life. People who weren't alive when these cars were built to people who owned them brand new. These new shows feel a lot more inclusive. Um, there's a lot less gatekeeping. It feels like a safer space. Uh, and I think that's that's also indicative of the way that automotive enthusiasm is moving as well. So Radwood fills the gap between the Malays era and the modern one. But what about the modern era? What we're seeing in, in somewhat in mainstream media and stuff like that is saying that car culture is dying. That's Chad Kirshner, editor-in-chief of electric car news site EV Pulse. With the introduction of the electric vehicle, car enthusiasts are just no longer exist. And that's not true. Kirshner says there's a new type of car enthusiasm brewing amid the shift to electric power, from Tesla-specific tuner shops in Southern California, all the way to... Just random people on TikTok that I see that are electrifying chargers and challengers and all of this stuff, just homebrewing this stuff. He says that homebrew maybe requires different skills, but the same passion for cars that made Radwood a success. You know, sometimes hacking, sometimes it requires engineering, but what it definitely does require is enthusiasm. That's why he teamed up with Brownell to create another car show. This one focused on all things electric. It's called Autopia 2099. Retro future, the Jetsons, Buck Rogers, I guess. Electric cars were supposed to be that future. Similar to Radwood, the new show isn't intended to be one of those big trade shows that manufacturers gravitate toward. This is about the enthusiasts. It's just supposed to be a bunch of people hanging out and then expressing their enthusiasm for electrified propulsion, whether it is a brand new Tesla or whether it is uh, maybe somebody has a GM EV1. One of the things we want to do is we want to break down the barriers of uh fancy EV technology. We want people who are curious about EVs and how they work and how they charge to come out 
and meet people who actually own them and drive them every day. The show is set to take place in early December in Los Angeles. As for what you'll see there, Brownell tells me they're expecting everything from EV-converted Mustangs and BMWs to an electric VW microbus. One thing not likely to make it, though, is Brownell's own EV project car, another old Porsche that he's hoping to add a Tesla motor to. So around 1,200 horsepower. Basically, his well, long-term goal is to die. Well, that's part of why it's not done yet. <laughs> I'm afraid of what my own brain has thought of. I'm Mike Dubusky, ABC News, New York. On the move returns after this.